When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our episode in a moment, but first, Paula and I appreciate all of the continued support out there. We have over a million downloads, and we want to keep growing. If you could leave a positive rating on our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, tell a friend or family member about our show. Now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. Let's dig up a new mystery. your co-host Steve Yoder. And with us as always is our award-winning journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Akron Beacon Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi everybody. Have you ever been to the northwest towns of Goblu in Lucas County or Bidoshu in Fulton County? Well, I know you're going to say no because those towns don't exist. They are, however, on a map and remain two of the most famous examples of phantom settlements. But unlike other phantom settlements, which are little fake communities put on a map as a way to catch copyright thieves, these towns ended up on an official map because of a mischievous state official to our north who was a diehard University of Michigan fan. Maybe you heard it when I said those town names the first time, But let me slow down. Go Blue and Beat OSU. Yep, they are actually a couple of rallying cries from those pesky Wolverines aimed at their biggest arch rival, Ohio State University. Let me tell you how it happened. First of all, phantom settlements, or paper towns, are terms that refer to an intentional error put on a map. It's not the same thing as a ghost town. A ghost town was a real thing, a once thriving hamlet or at least a settlement with some potential. But time or circumstances were unkind and the people and businesses faded away, leaving nothing behind but a name. A phantom settlement is a completely made-up name placed on a map. So if some other cartographer copied the map and tried to publish it as their own. The original mapmaker could prove they plagiarized it and didn't do their own independent research. Mapmakers have tried other traps as well. They might put in an imaginary roadway or add a small curve to an existing street where none exists. 
But fake town names are more memorable deceptions. And in at least one case, it became a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. In the 1930s, one map maker put the name Aglo on a map of New York near Colchester in Delaware County. Well, the folks in that area took note of the strange word on the map and apparently came to believe it must be an old name for their area. In 1950, a businessman opened the Aglo General Store, thinking he was paying homage to the town's roots. And so Aglo became a real landmark. Later, Rand McNally put the name on their own map, and the map makers who had came up with that fake name said, Aha! Gotcha! And they threatened to sue Rand McNally, saying they clearly had plagiarized their map. But then it was revealed they had done their own research and were given the name by the Delaware County Administration, which now considered Aglo a real hamlet. So, when you read about paper towns, Aglo is usually the first one historians bring up. The second example they bring up are Go Blue and Beat OSU. These two paper towns in Ohio were not designed to protect copyright, but rather the brainchild of a mischievous Peter Fletcher. Fletcher, not surprisingly, was a Michigan Wolverine alumnus. He made his career as president of the Ypsilanti Credit Bureau, a company his father started in 1924. Fletcher grew up in the business, starting by emptying wastebaskets at the age of 11. He went on to attend the University of Michigan and eventually became the chairman of the Michigan State Highway Commission. And that's the office he held in 1978 when he ordered the inclusion of the two fake towns on the official Michigan Department of Transportation highway map. It was a map of Michigan, but the map was square, so it went ahead and included border towns of surrounding states to fill out the rest of the square. And that's the part of the map where Fletcher let his sense of humor run away. Go Blue was added south of the state line near the real town of Bono, Ohio, off State Route 2. And Beat OSU was slipped in near Archbold, just south of the Ohio Turnpike at exit 25. If you were very observant, you might have recognized something was up. The fake names were all in lower case, while other cities began with a capital letter. After Fletcher got caught, he was asked about his shenanigans in an interview, and he said it started when another Michigan alumnus teased him about the Mackinac Bridge being painted green and white which were the colors of Michigan State University. The Michigan State Spartans are another arch-rival of the University of Michigan Wolverines. So how could Fletcher, as State Highway Commission chairman, allow such a travesty? Well, the guy yanking Fletcher's chain was Keith Molan, head of Michigan's Department of Commerce. He had proven his own loyalty to the Wolverines when he got his job by ordering the state office and conference rooms outfitted in new yellow drapes and blue carpets, Wolverine colors. Fletcher, a 1954 Michigan grad, 
told Molin he couldn't pick the colors of the Mackinac Bridge. They were chosen by some federal highway regulation. But he did have some control over the state highway map. Fletcher told a reporter back in 1978, This map will prove that my loyalty to the Athens of the West, the University of Michigan, is above and beyond all question greater than anything Keith Molin ever conceived. He also revealed that the mapmaker, Michigan Lithographing Company of Grand Rapids, said they wouldn't add the paper towns unless they received an official letter authorizing it. So Fletcher gave them an official state letter. It wasn't the first time Michigan lithographing weighed in on the rivalry between Michigan and OSU. Apparently, this same company once printed Ohio maps and subtly made the names of roads around Columbus the color of Michigan blue. Fletcher said he figured what he did wasn't so bad. The map was focused on Michigan, and everything on the map in Michigan was accurate. It was only the border towns outside the state limit that he manipulated, so he figured he was safe. He told a reporter, We have no legal liability for anything taking place in that intellectual swamp south of Monroe. The public response to the map was mixed. University of Michigan fans, of course, loved it. Some others, however, complained that it was a waste of taxpayer money. The governor at the time defended Fletcher, saying the guy had been entitled to a $60,000 annual salary as the State Highway Commission chair and that he never collected it. Fletcher suggested the trade-off was more than fair because the cost of the ink to add those two paper towns to three million maps was probably less than six bucks. The paper towns did not make it onto all three million maps, however. There was enough of a dust-up that the state revised future printings and omitted Go Blue and Beat OSU. As a result, the early maps that did get out have turned into collector's items. So, it might have been just a one-time brief dalliance by a rabid sports fan, but it was never forgotten. There's actually a fictional G.I. Joe comic book character called Road Pig, who is recorded as having been born in Go Blue. And in 2015, there was a romantic comedy called Paper Towns, and the film had a scene where they were explaining the cartographer's trap, and they showed Beat OSU as an example in the film. The hamlet of Go Blue, by the way, was designed by Fletcher to be in an area known as the Toledo Strip. So let me direct you to another episode that we did that explains why Michigan and Ohio State have a rivalry to begin with. If you heard that episode before, you'll know America's number one football rivalry, which started in 1897, is an outgrowth of the time Ohio and Michigan almost went to war over who owned the Toledo Strip. When Fletcher was defending his map, he even brought up the so-called Toledo War, when both states deployed soldiers on opposite sides of the Maumee River to face off. We'll put the link to that episode in the episode notes in case you haven't heard it. It's a crazy and colorful bit of history 
that explains a lot. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to ohiomysteries.com. Also, for more shows like ours, head on over to killerpodcasts.com. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hey Hey there. there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.